Attention, please be advised. The following episode contains spoilers. Don't say we didn't warn you. For the record, that's not the description for my five star review. Okay. <laughs> that like, is the description for my buy them a lunch. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we will have a nice lunch and chat. <laughs> so, one out of five. Walk out of a theater. Who am I blowing? <laughs> Nerd On. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Nerd On, the podcast you didn't need, but you deserve. My name's Corey, and I've seen things you people wouldn't believe. We're going to be talking about Blade Runner tonight, I believe. Is that right? Is that what we're talking about? Yeah. Blade Runner? Yeah, Blade, Blade Runner, Runner 2049. At least. Yeah. I don't at least know if the first anyone just minutes. got my reference yeah. to the film, but no. it's the last monologue from the first Blade Runner. Oh. <laughs> Alone on that. Cool. I watched it today. No big deal. Was that the um, I watched it last week. That? What? Was that almost who said that at the very end? Who said that at the very end? Uh no, it was Roy. Oh. Anyway. To my left. Uh Ali. I am a resident YouTuber. We're we still doing this. <laughs> you can. I mean, yeah. someone might jump in just because they're like, ooh, Blade That's Runner. True. Screw yeah, the yeah. origin stuff. Let's just get right into it. So uh, big like- fan of Blade Runner, big fan of sci-fi. Hmm. And I'm ooh. very excited to talk about this movie. Yeah. I'm Josh, one of the hosts. I mean, if you're new to the show, I do the audio. I'm producer. Yada, yada, yada. What if they're not new to the show? If you're not new to the show, I'm just Josh. <laughs> just, just Josh and you. Yeah. Yeah. Go, back and, go back and listen to episode one. Yeah. <laughs> and then come back. Uh, then listen to two and three and then come back here. Yeah. Great. Thanks. Yeah. What's, What's up, up y'all? This is Tom, resident comic book nerd. And I'm totally cool if you started with this one first because that's how comic books usually are. <laughs> you just jump right in. You don't even know what the hell's going on. You're just like, fair. all right, apparently Batman's got four Robins. I don't know why. I thought one was good enough. Um, uh, it's never enough. I know. Resident film snob, uh, connoisseur. So snobby. I know. I'm gonna just trash this movie. It's like that old woman from Birdman, <laughs> just trashing everything she sees in sight. As we established know, in last man. episode, we're just four grumpy old men. Yeah. yeah, I think so. Yeah, but you wouldn't know that if you started today. Yeah, so no, you should true. check those out. So you'll know by the end. So you went back on your word. Actually, yeah. Tom does want you to go back and check. No, them no, no. Out. I'm okay <laughs> yeah. with you starting with this one, but you should check those other ones. Oh, out too. I see. Retroactively, I understand. So we're talking about Blade Runner. 2049 and, and the first one. And the OG, yeah. And the baby. First one. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Talk about um, this one. Talk about the first one. It relates. Video. But I don't know if you'll hear it in the beginning. No, We're going to have spoilers all day, or day, or day, or day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. There will be spoilers. So if you don't want to listen. Look, if you haven't seen it yet, pause this. Yeah. Go to the movie theater right down the street. I know there's one playing in a half an hour. Go see that. And yeah. three hours later, come back and resume this podcast. <laughs> yeah. And, and Easy peasy. also spoilers for the first one. So if you haven't seen that, Slap go yourself. see that first. Slap yourself. Slap yourself. Because it's yeah. been too long. Climb out from under the rock that you just have been living. Just hit pause. And then you see that button a little bit to the right that's a store in iTunes. Just click on that. Yeah. <laughs> Buy it. Buy Blade Runner. Because it's worth Watch owning. It. Yeah. <laughs> but hold on real quick for our listeners at home. The theatrical cut or the final cut or the director's cut. Here's my opinion on that. Mm-hmm. My, I've I watched all of them. I watched all of them last year, uh, and the final cut is by far my favorite one. Okay, <laughs> should we go over by what far. that is? And I think it's, I don't think I've I think I've seen a version. What is the difference, sir? Yeah. So the theatrical cut has the uh, infamous god awful narration. <laughs> uh, the story or the urban myth behind that is that the studio 
uh, said, hey, you have to have this narration. And Ridley Scott and Harrison Ford were like, we don't want to. So what Harrison Ford apparently did, and this again, urban legend. Was he the one that's supposed to narrate? He threw it. Yeah, he threw it. He did a terrible job at it on purpose, thinking the studio will never use it. And then they put it in the movie. And so it's in there in the theatrical version. They also did this. Interesting. They also made Ridley Scott have this ending that's like a right off into the sunset. Let me wrap everything up in a bow with narration. Everything's happy and everything's good. Like a Western almost. Leaving nothing up to the imagination of the viewer. Fun fact about that, they used um, some cuttings from The Shining. I was just kind of sitting in the corner. Did they really? Yeah, those those, <laughs> those, those, um, those shots in the end. Yeah. They're from The Shining. Oh, my God. Wow. Not from The Shining, like landscape but landscape stuff. Yeah. Stuff that they yeah. were and going to use. B-roll. Yeah. The, between the uh, director's cut and the final cut, it's very small little things, such as they put a green filter on the final cut, which yeah. he's happier with. It makes it more sci-fi looking. Right. Yeah. And, and there's the director's about, cut, the, it's more blue, which right. gives it more of like a noir feel. And there's about four seconds of this dream sequence that uh, ties into the little origami unicorn at the end of the original. That Deckard has. Right. Which is supposed to give the audience this like... Is he a replicant? Is he not? Because in the director's cut, it's a lot more prominent that he is a replicant. And no, the, in the director's cut, it's not. And in the final, he is. The final okay, one, it, it puts switching. it in there because it's a dream about a unicorn where the whole thing is like, and we'll get into Im- this. Okay. Yeah. If, if implant, Imprinted memories? Implanted. Implanted memories. Thank you. Uh, it would have to be implanted because who the fuck's seen a unicorn? Yeah. So anyway, those are the three differences. Go see the final. Theatrical, final, director. Yeah. Chef's choice. We have final here. I think I've only seen the final. I think you've only seen. That's okay. Wow. Yeah. That's okay. I've only seen the director. I've seen final and director. Okay. I don't know. The final is my favorite, I think. What about you, Josh? Um, I think I'm a big fan of the director's cut. I enjoyed it. Yeah. It's also, isn't it like a little bit longer? Uh, the final one, I believe, is okay because it has the the yeah. sequence. Mm, the I don't know. <laughs> they both end the same. Yeah. So there's Tom that. is super sassy tonight. As long as the, the theatrical cut isn't your favorite, we can still be friends. So everybody knows we are recording much later than we normally do. We are. Yes. And because we wanted to get this in, we wanted to talk about this because we are so because we love getting it in. Sofa King. Excited. Soup's excited. Guys. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, Blade Runner came out in 1982. Mm-hmm. A lot of good movies Great came year. out in 1982. My favorite horror film, The Thing, which we'll yeah. do an episode about someday, right, Tom? No. Nope. E.T. Okay. Came out. Yeah, E.T., which e. my e. wife is terrified of. <laughs> <laughs> to this day? Yeah, she said he She's looks, afraid of he looks like a, uh, I believe she said, moist skin sack, and that freaks <laughs> her out. I think it was her. <laughs> oh, okay. I could be fudging, but moist was thrown around. Yeah. So, I mean, I get it. And she doesn't like his voice, which was apparently this his old teacher, Steven oh. Spielberg's old chain smoking teacher. Is, is so <laughs> talking about Blade Runner, yeah, let's, just, let's talk about the original, right? We talked about the final cut, theatrical cut, director's cut. Yeah. What are our feelings about it in terms of just purely as a film, as entertainment, right? We could always go about critiquing it and analyzing it, but did we just enjoy it? What any other person that can get a raging nerd on can enjoy Oh, I love it. I think, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think one of its biggest accomplishments in my eyes is its ability to take uh, like what you would normally see as like hard sci-fi or whatever, mm-hmm. but actually make it somewhat grounded yep. and by making it this sort of like noir detective story, yeah, yeah. which so, yeah. You, you don't see really successfully done. I was going to say it mixes this like 1930s, 40s and 50s detective story with with the duster jacket, and which right. I feel with could only be accomplished movie. with Harrison Ford. Yeah. I feel like I yes. feel like I don't think there's with that the many other voice. actors yeah. that could really pull off that 
that, that charisma and, and the, yeah yeah no harrison one takes ford, a punch no. like harrison ford i'll yeah. tell you that much and so acting, visually like, it was like stunning even yeah. to this day it's still an impressive looking yeah. movie it's one of those things that you just you watch it and you're like oh god it's so good it's and, 80s good yeah and that's the great thing about <laughs> yeah. i love in the 80s is that this was like the i think the renaissance the golden era of like sci-fi and like no, i agree with using that practicals yeah, and also definitely. just minis yep. you know miniature sets um you know like Corey was talking about like other sci-fi films like et and everything like that. this is like but you know you have really scott who would you know I think he's coming off of Alien and then yeah. doing Blade Runner. And so, like, to me, I call this, like, really Scott's golden era, too. Actually, I was going to bring that up in my little bit. You, We were talking the other day about directors and, like, seeing their early stuff and then seeing their, like, style fully yeah. realized. And I think I agree with you. This is his, like, style fully realized. Because something I found out recently that I didn't know about somehow went right over my head is Ridley Scott directed the 1984 Apple commercial. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's got that same what's it called sorry like it's got the it's same feel to it yeah. it's got that like cyberpunk that high technology low living yeah. kind of vibe monolithic thing yeah it's a little like Brazil yeah. yeah yeah. Um, and I thought that I think that is like seeing him go from that to this uh, Blade 1982 Blade Runner is exactly what you were talking about nothing really like Thelma and Louise which <laughs> 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 um, but yeah you know it's funny because like Going, looking into that, you know, Alien, you have um, Blade Runner, then you like go in to see like some of his Gladiator, more, more recently, like yeah, Gladi- Gladiator, and then you have the Counselor, and then all of a sudden, you know, people are saying like he's going back to his like his glory days of like, you know, you have The Martian, which was like Academy yeah. nominated, and everyone thought that was just going to sweep. And then, you know, he he's coming back to his franchise of Alien, you know, Covenant came in. I don't, he didn't, he, did, he directed it? Anyways. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. believe so. And, you know, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it because it, I felt like it was a, kind of a comeback to his yeah. you know, franchise. And now, you know, Blade Runner, he produced it, you know, and oversaw the writing process. And the exact same writer who wrote the first one wrote this one. Which yeah. I love when they do that. Yeah. That's. And cool thing. Like, so he had the story and screenplay by two people, the original writer, forget his name. And then also the same writer who wrote Logan and Green Lantern. And oh, all these other wow. Good That's cool. I know that. So. But it's also based on a novel called uh, Do Androids Dream, Dream of Electric, electric Sheep? Yeah. I swear I can speak. I said uh, Electric Sleep. So don't worry it's about a series it. of electric. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's... Well, no, it was one one novel. He does have, what's funny is Amazon's going to be creating a show based on Philip K. Dick. That's his name. Um, his short stories. But the name Blade Runner came from a novel that was never released. That's not by Philip K. Dick. Wow. But, oh, interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that weird stuff but so it's based on that but i just love it when they bring back original writers there were there were other novels written but they weren't by the same they weren't obviously by him yeah, yeah. but they were like right. in that line of yeah whatever yeah that the blade runner it. yeah or something like that so but it's good stuff it is it's it's the original blade runner for me uh i mean of course all the points we've talked about already but just visually is probably one of my favorites uh definitely my top five visual uh aesthetics as it goes that like and i th- believe it is credited if not the only movie or one of the few movies that invented the style of cyberpunk which i mentioned before is that like sure high technology but low style of living which yeah. is really for like you were saying before for a noir like this is really perfect it's almost like yeah. a um you're getting this this really intimate story but the world itself is really kind of uncaring and mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of juxtaposed against that. You had really flying cars, you had incredible right. scope. Well, then there's, I mean, and then the social, uh, you but know, hierarchy of everything is. You had the streets. Right. So like yeah. there was something, I was reading something online about how it was trying to also make a point of 
social hierarchy at the time as well, where you had, you know, all these rich people have really clean, beautiful homes that look yeah. out over vistas and beautiful and like all of them are white people. And then you have like the city where it's this like chaos and it all functions, but it's all, (laughs) it's all multicultural, right? Um, So it's, it's interesting to see that. uh, I I think they kind of still stayed with that with the 2049 as well, which is really interesting. The great thing that I always like loved in film, it's like whenever you do a period piece, whether it's in the future or in the past, like wherever year that it's made, the filmmaker has a responsibility to talk about the current like social economic like status of things that are now like so yeah. a film that's made now and based in 2049 will definitely have you know similar existential conversations that we have yeah, yeah. so i think i think you know again we talked about it earlier with arrival and how like the great thing about sci-fi as a genre is that like it can have digestible conversations of what we are struggling with in humanity now yeah um, um i think what's interesting about the story too is it's like like you were talking about um there's a society thing that is different but we're not they only really hint at high society they don't really show you we're getting the the dirty side we're getting the streets view and um i just think that's it's so cool i didn't didn't even think about that before like everything we see of high society is only when our character who is not from it is there yeah we never really see the behind the scenes and they talk about like like off world and little glimpses here and there but that's about it like wallace's office i think is like one of the only places you see yeah yeah that the only Yeah. yeah The rest of it, it follows uh, K around, and it's any, only what he sees. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's really cool. I never even noticed that. I Which like is that. something that I loved about this was that it took, first off, it's like somehow it's it it's an actual sequel yeah. to a movie, which, <laughs> funny enough, like one of the only few other movies that I feel pulled it off was like Clerks 2. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> being like an actual movie with such a huge time gap between yeah. oh my God. Train Spotting yeah. 2. <laughs> Train Spotting 2. There's more respectable, yeah. like, other like relevant it was a continuation but, it, you felt it was, like it was you a, felt like it was an actual right? yeah sequel. yeah totally okay. God, do not totally. get me started on that <laughs> um do we before i mean i know we want to talk about 2049 yeah. because it's definitely you know what we just watched um but Twice. before we get into it do we want to like for the first one kind of wrap up with uh what's our favorite parts of the first of one? The first one. Then we could get right into 2049, talk about it as a sequel and everything. Yeah. Well, I mean, I have a lot to say about the films together as well. But if if we want to wrap up on the first one, I'm super down for that. Well, I mean, it's um, some like kind of factual stuff. It was nominated for the, this is Blade Runner 1982, mm-hmm. was nominated for Best Art Direction, Set Direction, which totally makes sense. Best yeah, that, effects, that building, visual effects. The, uh, yeah. Tyrell and now the Wallace building in the 2049. Pyramid, pretty much. The, all the lights. Yeah. I think it was something like five miles of LEDs that they had to put in there. And there was something going on. Were you telling me about this? There was a strike going on, so it gave them extra time to work on the set. Nope. Oh, someone wow. was telling me about I that. I did not know that. Apparently, there was some... I could be totally wrong about this. This is all hearsay. But apparently, someone said that there was some sort of strike going on. And so there was extra time to work on the set and scenery. So, so. they could put even more candles into that room? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, nominated for an Oscar for original score. So, I mean, there's there are things that oh yeah, the score yeah, it's just so Vangelis. Like, I think that's what his name was. He also did Chariots of Fire. Oh, I don't okay. Know. It's, I mean, it was it was such a good movie. I mean, we were watching it. My wife and I watched it the night before we all went and saw it, and it. it I just forgot how good it was. It's just so it good. It holds to, up. It's, it's funny that it's good. I mean, it's 2019, which is kind yeah. of funny, but. It does. It really holds up. I mean, it's it's what I always had imagined this, like if we had, if technology has just taken off, 
And we as a society didn't really keep up with it. That's exactly how I imagined it would be. Yeah. I think um, if, if we're talking about favorite parts, yeah, I think it's funny because I think this is now my favorite, one of my favorite parts of one of my favorite aspects of the movie retroactively having seen 2049. Yeah. And that's uh, Daryl Hannah's uh, connection or relationship with the, with that human, mm. the toy maker. JF. Oh, yeah. 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 JF Sebastian. Yeah. yeah. He like, they kind of expanded on that a lot more in 2049, but that relationship of him knowing that she's a replicant and them still him not caring, having, yeah, and yeah. him not caring and wanting to like build well, a relationship. It's because they're both kind of outcasts in a sense, right? Right. So they kind of click on that, which is really nice. Exactly. And just yeah. that dynamic and, and the relationship that was built in that little bit. And she cut uh, her arm real good on that movie. Too. <laughs> yeah, that she, movie where she runs away from him the first time. Yeah, uh, yeah. Her arm goes right through a window. And apparently that wasn't planned. She slipped and it's got this big old scar on her Jesus. arm now. Oh, geez. But yeah, Thanks. fun fact. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I agree with you. I always thought that was a really interesting relationship. And I think until um, I watched it the second time through, I didn't realize that their whole connection is just based on the fact that they both don't really have anyone else who really likes them. So yeah, may as well like each other. I mean, it's it's... To me, I mean, it's an 80s movie. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, it's if you it's like in a previous episode when we were um, comparing video games, it's like if you compare something that's from 20 years ago or now yeah. 30 years ago, 35, actually, it's like, well, for that time, it was good. And yes, it does hold up. But you have to you have to put it in this pocket in your mind of like, that's what movies yeah. were like. And you can't really if it came out nowadays, people would be like, <laughs> what is this? Well, I mean, there's sexual assault. There was a game. <laughs> there was a game that I recently no. came out that like was a game about it's like in 1991, like it's the 90s in yeah. the reference of the future. Where it's like Velociraptors with lasers. I don't know if you know the game. I forget it was marketed that way. Like I don't. Also, like in YouTube, they had a Kung Fury. Yeah, where Kung like Fury. it's it's a movie about like in the 80s and like they're you know, thinking of like futuristics of like, I can hack into time and like, dra- like T-Rex will have lasers and there's Amazon. Yeah. Like, I just love it. It's, it was such like an imaginative creative time. Oh, the so. 80s yeah. sci-fi. I mean, I have a buddy of mine that that's all we do is we're just working our way through every 80s sci-fi film because it's the best. It's the best sci-fi. That's a, that's a good goal um, to have. Tom, you brought it up. What is your favorite part? You know, it's funny. Cause I was, I was actually thinking about the part that I was talking about. It was not more, it's not more like it's a favorite part. It's more like it's a favorite aspect of it. Obviously. Yeah. Like, again, I love the idea of identity and I love the idea of like, it's kind of like you don't know who you are and what you are. And and it's funny because I've watched Blade Runner in like as an adult, I never watched it like as a kid growing up or anything like that. But watching a bunch of which we'll get into, like watching a bunch of anime that was highly inspired by it. Um, it when I watched, it, I was like, oh, shit, this is the godfather of this idea. Yeah. And um. I don't know, it was really cool just because I think, you know, as we realize the world is getting bigger, but also smaller at the same time, like we start losing ourselves in like this mass of like technology and what our identities would be. So it was kind of that idea of like two people who, you know, aren't of the same, you know, like origin that can still, you know, find yeah. love and everything. It was really, I, like I, I like that a lot. Nice. Um, My favorite part. Yeah, Josh, what do you got? Uh, I think... I just really, it's hard to pick a favorite part when it comes to that movie. I, I like I the mystery that's been over the movie for a long time. Of is like, he, isn't he? Yeah, is he or isn't he? <laughs> and it's like, some people are like, oh yeah, there's no mystery. Well, there's he also totally like, is. Or, there's also like Ridley Scott has gone on record to say he is. And then Harrison Ford has gone on record to say he isn't. So it's also very confusing. <laughs> and then they yeah. had drinks right after him. Like, yeah, got yeah, him. Yeah, high five. <laughs> Harrison Ford and Ridley just high fiving at a bar. <laughs> 
forever people will be going is he is he yeah. but no they won't not anymore, not anymore. um mine's super cliche that speech at the end no oh, yeah um it's phenomenal i think it's beautiful they uh you know talking about i'm someone i talk to him about this all the time i always think about how i, I life and how life goes by quick and it's just kind of this thing and he has this moment where he's talking about you know those moments the moments we have he's like are going to be lost to time in tears and rain and that hit me I think I watched it at a time in my life too where I was feeling really <laughs> insignificant <laughs> as far as like I was watching a lot of cosmos and reading a lot of science and like he was like we're the last second on the last day uh, of the you know calendar of the, uh, the galaxy and I was like oh there. god tears in rain so uh, that speech has always stuck out to me as, and I think it's beautifully written as well I think it's really great and he has another line too when he meets that I always really liked when he meets the guy who makes the eyes mm. and he says, if you could see what I've seen with your eyes, I loved that line. I loved it so much. Throw back to the intro. <laughs> Dang. I know. <laughs> Throw back to the intro. You need to, uh, during listen. the speech, that's what he said. He goes, the things I've seen you people wouldn't believe. You but need yeah. to, uh, go listen to Monty Python's, uh, always look on the bright side. I know I do. I do. I really do. <laughs> I'm a happy person. I promise. Um, um should we transition so into now 2049? Man. That's what we're here for. That so good. For. It was a continuation. It was it uh recently Train Spotting 2 came out and it was you you watched and if you were a fan of Train Spotting, you were yeah. like, "Okay, cool." I I walked away going, "Thank you." Josh Thank you and for... I fanboyed super hard about that movie, yeah. by the way. We're not having an episode about it. We, will. we probably will. we will. <laughs> At some point we will. We will. Sure. We'll um, have nothing else to talk will. about. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was a it was it was a breath of fresh air. You walked out because you, yeah. anytime you go to a sequel and a sequel, like uh, you mentioned, uh, that is so far away from the original, you're kind of like, okay, you're, you're kind of bracing seats. yourself you're like, and you're like, oh, okay, God. please Here don't suck. Please don't <laughs> suck. And you watch it and you're like, thank uh, you. Okay, well, it's like, cool. hey, it's a great film by yeah. itself. Yeah. Well told, amazingly shot. And B, it actually honors the original mm -hmm. in almost every single aspect that it can. Yeah. <laughs> like from visual standpoint, from storytelling, from the whole detective yeah. kind of yeah. whatever. I just felt like it was very powerful. Yeah. I, I mean, it was visually amazing. Yeah. I mean, so good. Oh, it was beautiful. I mean, that's the thing. And that's why I brought it up earlier is that the original Blade Runner to me has always stood stood out as this like really aesthetically pleasing, beautiful film. All the neon lights, all the you know people movement everywhere. Uh, Ridley Scott really did this beautiful thing in the movie, uh, the original one, where you know the important stuff will have ended in the scene. The important stuff will have ended in the scene, but he keeps the camera on them for like another ten seconds, and you really get to see this world that's just well lived yeah. and like real, and it really uh, you know makes you feel like it's this real place. And I think that I'm never going to say his name, right? Uh, Denis Vil Villeneuve. 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 Uh, did Director. the same thing. And it, you can tell that he was a fan of this movie growing up yeah. because he does the same thing. The important part, the information the audience needs will be done, but yes. he will keep the camera rolling for another 10 or so seconds just to be like, we're in this world. You're following this guy. So yeah. And it's a long like. movie. So, it yeah. is. Yeah. <laughs> so well, one thing that I loved about this film, so, so it's funny that you say like, it's a great film. A lot of times I think about well, great films and for some reason, it's not like I put it in a different category, but I kind of look at this film and compare it to Mad Max a lot yeah. because I think of, of, I think of a universe, I think of a world that's yeah. been built and it's been built upon a franchise or built upon like a style that's changed the way that we kind of look at a different type of world, a dystopian future in some sort. And 
like we were saying, like, I think this film does a really good job in continually building up the world, you know, like in the beginning, um, it has, you know, a little bit of description of what's been going on. And I, in the, the shitty thing that I, I don't like, and I, I, I love at the same time, but I hate, um, really Scott did this with Prometheus. He did this with alien covenant and came out with short films before the movie that built the world. And the one that came out, before Prometheus was with Guy Pierce, and he's talking about how he's whaling and he was going to create the Prometheus ship. And it was like a beautifully done TED Talk like speech, yeah. which I thought was great. And it made me fired up to watch the movie. When I watched it, I didn't get such a weird aftertaste about like, it. Why was he there? Why yeah. was Guy Pierce in old man makeup? <laughs> and what, <laughs> if you guys have been paying attention to the campaign, you know, there was three short films that happened before this movie, which yep. were between the events of the first one and this one. And, you know, it's. They show you what the blackout is yeah. or why, how it happened and, mm-hmm. and why they allowed replicants again. And, you know, we're all nerds and we talk about video games and we talk about being immersed into a universe. It's like, this is something that you could definitely sink your teeth in and just kind of fall into. And the, it's actually funny that, Corey, you mentioned that um, whole idea of like, it's more about that the world plays a character as well. Yeah. And it has its own set of rules. Because I, I think the first film that ever did that for me was Sin City. Mm. Say, take okay. it what you will. Um, but it was more like no, this, I love the first and uh, the the way they wrote it is that the city is a is a place and it lives and breathes and these characters are built around that mm-hmm. instead of the other way around where like we're yeah. building a world around these characters like no these characters have to abide by the rules of this world instead yeah. Yeah. which I think is always definitely tough to do as a writer or as a director or any type of artist that's like trying to tell this story which I think was I think massively done I think it's done at the at the same part of like Mad Max Fury Road, where it's like people are at the mercy of what the rules of this universe. Have. Yeah. Cause it matters. I like agree. it's a long movie, but it, I feel like it through the telling of its story, it earns its right to keep you in that world mm-hmm. for a longer period of time. Yeah. And kind of shows you everything about it. Um, and just explores all the different facets of it somehow. Cause it's something that's kind of challenging to accomplish in film, I feel like nowadays TV has the upper yeah, hand on exactly. this because you, you can spend 26 hours doing right. it over the course of yeah. like seven months. Exactly. Yeah. But with, with film, it's, it's hard to pull off uh, with one installation. I mean, obviously it's a sequel, yeah. but some of these ideas were kind of brand new to this film. And I feel like they, they were able to somehow pull it off and not make you feel like you were watching a super long movie. I mean, I definitely felt that the, uh, the length of it, especially during like towards the end of the second act, I definitely felt like like maybe it could have been like 10 to 15 minutes shorter than it was. But at the same time, like I was in that world and I loved every bit of it. And yeah. I wish I could spend three more like hours a, in it. You yeah. know, It's <laughs> funny you mentioned that because the first time I saw it, I felt that. But the second time I didn't as much, even though I knew when it was going to end. And maybe that's why part of it. Yeah. But yeah. I really liked finding little bits Right, the second time around, so I think I was a little even deeper into it. But I, I agree, it, it was it didn't feel like three hours. Yeah. S- side tangent. Yeah. While watching it, I really wanted to like just nudge. I was like, I feel like every single scene and setting is like a, a destiny map. <laughs> yeah. like, I was like, this is kind of real. I, I love that. I think that's super dope. Where it's kind of like. I could literally see like a great game being made in this oh, yeah. world because oh it's, so oh it. it's so rich. Oh my god, it's so rich, and I think that's, that's oh the, the nerd on I have up. right now is just insane. That's what I love. You were like, thinking you about a really the Blade Runner video game, yes. you? Oh my god, on uh, Windows back yeah, in nineteen ninety seven. No, I wasn't. I seen a new one, but yes, <laughs> seen a brand new one, open world. Oh, that would be, be amazing. Be it would dope. be awesome. You have like your own AI companion. That'd be super dope. Oh man, which. I mean, that was kind of like the first, my favorite part of, I don't know if we're 
going into this, but that was my first get into it. favorite part of my fir- of the of the first film. That's just my favorite aspect of the second film by far. Yeah, I was super fascinated with Joy, right? by what's that? What's her name? With Joy. Joy. Yeah, oh, Joy yeah. I fell in love. I that whole love. thing of like well, Joy is AI and he's a replicant. So it's like, but then like obviously spoilers. And the way but, that they did it too. But her her smashing the little device was as powerful, if not more powerful, when a human is killed off screen. Yeah, on, absolutely. On screen. The moment where they said, you'll have to take me around if anything happens to me, I'll be gone. Just like a real girl. I, I was like, just like, oh God, she's going to die. I knew for yeah. a moment, I was like, oh, she's going to die because I knew she it. already I'm, set yeah. the stake. I'm really glad that they had that character because the way I viewed the two films. I fell in love. The, I fell in love. I thought she was going to be throwaway. It's. If you, if you, the sec, I didn't get this till the second time I watched it, but the, the storyline of the two films side by side, because then I went home and watched the first one afterwards, yeah. most of it, <clears throat> is that, and this is the way I took it, this is my own interpretation of it, is the first Terrible. film is about someone finding their identity and falling in love, and the second film is about, f- about falling in love and finding your identity. Okay. And I really yeah. loved that. Like when I, when yeah, that clicked I in my head, that. I was really like, good. I got chills. I was like, oh my God. I loved it so much. I, I think that's a cool thing about the sequels too. A sequel, and like I said, with, with Spider-Man 1, Spider-Man 2, right? You kind of like, with the first one, you always have to like do this origin building crap. In the second one, that's when you could really like, cool, the rules have been set. Now let's dissect it and play with it. Yeah. Some people don't like it when you dissect it and show its guts to people. But I find that when a filmmaker could definitely have the power to do that and do it in such a way that they're teaching you and it doesn't feel like you're in class. And it feels good. Like yeah. there was a yeah. whole movie called Her. Yeah. That explored that yep. topic. But I feel like somehow it was like done slightly better in Blade Runner whilst also exploring all these different ideas and, and plot points. And yeah, it was, well, uh, it follows the rules of drama well pretty well. Yeah. Right. That like the stakes are always set. The characters always kind of like has intention sometimes. And I'll get into like the critiques that I have about the film, but let's gush about it for a minute. Yeah. Let's yeah. Gush about and, it. uh, <laughs> I don't know. I just really liked. I really liked like kind of flipping that on its head. Do you have a favorite part of the second one? Yeah. Uh, I have a couple, but I think the one that hit me the most was you have a couple butts. The second I have a couple butts. <laughs> uh, the second time around, the part that really crushed me, not crushed me, but like made me really feel emotional was already knowing that who the daughter is. Mm-hmm. And watching the scene where she's watching his memory. Oh yeah. And she's crying, and he's upset. And it just, it was this really poetically like tragic scene where, you know, uh, well, his whole story is kind of really okay. poetically tragic. Yeah. Cause he, Ryan he goes character. from being this, yeah. this like, um, you know, nobody cop replicant who has this AI he's in love with to finding out that he might be part human, part replicant, not really knowing he might who be he the is. Firstborn replicant. He might've found his dad and then all of that being taken out from under him. But in, it had in one the, of the greatest. I, I think it was such a good twist. Oh, I loved it because mm-hmm. you were built up, built up, built up, and then she says, and then her, you are and brought like, down to the ground crying. But he realizes <laughs> who he truly is, and like finding your identity, and goes and fucking saves the guy anyway, and like brings him to does the He's right just thing. Just a regular Joe. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> there it fucking is. Uh, but so that that scene for me, that especially the second time around, was a, a turning point. My favorite otherwise like the first time around was the when he goes to uh vegas oh yeah the the scene there because it it mirrors the question he's asking in the beginning of the first blade runner where he's like you find yourself in a desert and uh you're alone and and why am i alone why am i there like i just i loved that kind of like mirroring the first film so and it was beautiful 
We can, we can talk about seen. Roger Deakins for a little bit too. Yeah. Just the color want. and and you know the, he based the, the that photography. Uh, Roger Deakins based that off some pictures he saw from Roger us. Deakins is the director of photography yes. for those. Roger Deakins, director of photography, based maybe that he'll look. finally win his Academy Award because he's been nominated that's, that's, for so that's many. That's like been the top uh, like articles online. It's like, oh really? Roger Deakins and the elusive first Oscar. Oh yeah, he should. He, but that, he's got like twenty nominees or something. For, for those who don't know, uh, American Beauty, a Sicario, um, any Coen Brothers film, yeah, Fargo, uh, No Country for Old Men, Skyfall. He is he paint he paints masterpieces on film but he got that look from the desert from a sandstorm he saw somewhere i can't mm. remember exactly what country it was in but it was yellow everywhere and he's like i'm doing that and he yeah, yeah, i'm gonna do did that. it beautifully it was awesome Pulled it off yeah. um so yeah those were my my two little favorite things i'm sure i have way more but i i, I thought it was just there was humor in it i love i mean i mm-hmm. love sci-fi humor i mean i one of my favorite scenes that i'm thinking about is when they're when um Kay or Joe is meeting Harrison Ford's character and he's going through that hotel and you know they just the way that they handled like the Vegas shows like Elvis Frank Sinatra Marilyn Monroe like all of these things happening and then they're they're having this fight and they're like so we can continue doing this or we can just go get a drink drink. and I'm like (laughs) I'll take that drink I'll take that drink (laughs) did anyone else here think that the dog was a symbol of like Deckard this old dog who may or may not be a replicant yeah why don't you ask him I just thought that was like a perfect like, oh, okay, that's Deckard. That's the embodiment of Deckard. Here's the thing. And I brought this up when we went and saw this, me, Ollie, and Tom. There's one loose end that I'm pretty pissed off about. What? What, what happened to the fucking dog? Yeah. He got blasted. And that's all we saw. He did not get blasted. No, no, no. no. When the car went, they're running towards the car and then Ryan Gosling blasts through the wall and grabs okay. Deckard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when the car gets blasted, you see both bodies and then you see another mass. Gets blasted. I'm not okay wall. with that. No, because he was still there after, wasn't he? Yeah. I'm just saying he gets blasted. He was kind of saying like well, he, they, they he showed him walking. walking yeah. That's what happened. The screen. He no, they showed blessed. him walking to the screen, watching these spaceships leave. Yeah, yeah. He just so I'm left. pissed. He now he doesn't there, have. And then he eats dog. Well, he if eats, he's a replicant, he'll he'll figure it out. He eats. But is he a replicant? Did you see how like old and raggedy he looked? Yeah, and he was still willing to fight some. shit. Oh, but Harrison Ford was kind of old and raggedy looking too. So at the very least, there's what a thousand bottles of whiskey there. Yeah. the dog can drink that's a replicant for sure yeah okay i loved by the way when that little thing where he just busts through the wall was fucking awesome (laughs) to me i was kind of just like Like, oh yeah they're strong i was like this is casino royale yeah just blast through i was like okay because that's one thing that they don't really talk about that was drywall scenario oh god when she hits that guy in the back of the neck oh oh, yeah in the morgue and he just from batman shovels in yeah Yeah, i feel like they talked about it more in this movie than they did in the first one of just like how and like they inst not instigated they just made it more like um was her name love love the antagonist yeah. i mean she was the special fucking amazing you like that she was fucking amazing yeah but yeah. anyway just well, she was badass absolutely. but in this movie like even k is kind of a badass like they're just showing well, it that they're more well, of that's a why they it's think because cool they're, they're new models right yeah. and so like you have old models who like dave batista plays and you like if you want you know you know dave batista's a giant you know wwe superstar who's now become great because you know this but K kicks his ass. Yeah. Well, that's what I loved that they didn't reveal it till afterwards because yeah. you know he's a replicant. I'm thinking this guy's fucking strong as fuck, and it's Dave Bautista. Yeah. And then he starts smashing the wall. I was like, Ryan Gosling is gonna die. How is he gonna yeah. do this? And then he goes, Do you get joy in killing your own kind? And I was like, Oh shit, he's a replicant. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well done, guys. Well, no. Well yeah. Then he says like, Well, written. no. It's like it's like I'm not my own. It's like my own kind does, doesn't run away. Yeah. And so I was like. And that's also one of the reasons people think Deckard is replicant is because he can go fisticuffs with Roy at the end of that movie, the first one, and yeah. not die. 
Well, yeah. I mean, at the end of this, I mean, by 2049, it says, he says, we're being hunted. So yeah. it's like, okay, yeah. all so, replicants. Spoiler and, alert, everybody well, at home, Deckard is a replicant. Well, no, because he could also say just we're being hunted as in the general we, his whole group. It's, so so it's still unanswered. It's still up for debate. A yeah. little, bit. Uh, still, a little I, bit. I think Until I, think I he hear him say, and the only other time they kind of address it is he goes, don't you think you could have been programmed for that? Don't you think it could have been meant that you two were supposed to fall in love and make a child? And he goes, no, nah, I know it's real. He doesn't even say like, no, I wouldn't have been programmed for that. He just says, I know it's real. But I mean, they dance the line well. So the thing, I think the thing at the end of it all is like, this is what the filmmakers want. They want us to say like, is he real? Is he not? But in all actuality, does it matter? You know, it doesn't matter at all. Yeah. It doesn't matter because it's like he like, and that's, I think that's what the great thing about this film. Like, like, again, I think, so my favorite part. A little bit it matters. A little bit. (laughs) My, my favorite part of, of 2049 is every sequence with joy. Like I yeah. fell in love with this character. And to me, if you can make me fall in love with somebody and make me feel like they have a purpose, they're not just like a romantic interest in like a plot point and something to worry about, but like actually someone that helps develop the character. It didn't hurt that she was dropped in gorgeous. Oh yeah. Oh course. my God. And, <laughs> and she was just so pure and it was just kind of like, she is to me, she was like almost like this shining symbol throughout yeah. the entire thing. Like yeah. as long as she, as, as Kay Joe had joy, I was like, I'm okay. I'm happy. And I, I feel good. Yeah. Well, they did okay. a really good, he comes good. home at the end of the day to his crappy apartment and his and his bowl of of noodles, and he gets to have company, play house. Yeah, and then it's like kind of like the question is like, oh, a replicant and an AI, and a human and a replicant. It's like, who the fuck are we to kind of judge like if that has any type of credence of like what true love is or what humanity is? And I love that question of like, does your origin really dictate your future, your destiny, your you know weight as? A being right because they that, have emotions they have feelings they have you know everything yeah. they need to eat they need to pace they need to they like, feel fear they run yeah. away they're scared and it's just like what makes them less of a human simply because they, they have want a to serial number yeah. yeah so there was i was watching this interesting video essay and he's like i he was talking about the replicants and he's like there's no doubt that any of us here would grant any of these replicants the title of human simply if we got to know them because yeah. they feel they love they hate they have anger they have joy you know it's just, yeah. it's just, you know, a serial number. Well, there's some, there's some nuances in the first one that kind of make you think that. So a friend of ours, Adam, he was, he shared. Shout kind out of to an, Adam. Shout out shout to, out to Adam. Adam. Um, he shared an article with us that was, that was breaking down a scene that happened in the first Blade Runner. Where, oh, um, the cop car? Yeah, the cop car. So Deckard's in shout this alleyway. Tumblr. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Deckard's in his cop car and he's just hanging out there. And then this police car comes over and goes, hey, what are you doing here? And he goes, uh, Blade Runner, and he gives his badge number mm-hmm. or maybe his serial, serial number. number. And he goes and he goes checking. OK. All right. Have and a, then have a better day. Yeah. Have a better day. And then late, then in the second one in uh, 2049. They say he's K's just a serial number and yeah. his badge number is a serial number. And it's like, so there's still mystery. I, I'll agree. There's still a little bit of mystery, but there's still part of me that's going, I do think Didn't that someone he's... refer to Deckard as retired to like retired. And that's the same thing they say when they kill. Replicants. Yeah. yeah. He's been retired. Yeah. 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 And so. they, and that's what they said in the very beginning of the movies. Like when they like other replicants will retire other replicants. And those are called the blade, blade runners. runners. Yeah. I, I want him to be. Personally, yeah. I think it's interesting. Do you think, well, I mean, there's one question of whether or not he is. There's also the question of whether he knows whether or not he is. Yeah. Uh, I, I like. think if 
if I go with my gut instinct that I want him to be, the ending of the first one shows him because of that memory of the unicorn. The guy knows about the unicorn. I always thought that meant like, hey, I know about that implanted memory. And I'm not going to tell him. And I'm not going to tell anybody. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, for me, I think, yeah, he knows. Yeah. I. Because the scene with Edward James almost when he goes and he visits him. He's like, he, he he's kind him. of like hinting like there's there's a whole bunch of shit that's buried underneath there that you're like, it's a great character in that film, too, yeah. by the way. Yeah. I, I mean, I feel like the film kind of loses its weight if he's not a replicant because it's just kind of a human that's kind of losing their self in an emerging new society. Yeah. Versus like you are born into the society and you don't know your place. Do you know what I mean? So you make your own. It's kind of, uh, I hate to say this. Like, it's kind of like when the older generation are like, I don't know anything. Everything's moving too fast and the world's going blah, blah. I'm kind of, all right, shut up. Gonna, you know, whatever. Like you had your time versus <laughs> like darn cell phones. It just makes more sense when like for me, and this is like as a young 26 year old guy, it's like, it makes more sense when you're born into this society and you know where the rules are, but then you start to question your, or, your own origin yep. and your future. Tom, absolutely. Tom, you're not young anymore. Well, no, I'm I mean, on the wrong you, side of 25. To, to piggyback off that, I mean, I agree with you. If you look at it, the point that he's a replicant, it really makes sense because when he's not when he's not aware of that fact or doesn't give into that fact, his life's a mess. He's alone. He drinks every night. He doesn't have friends, right? Yeah. But as soon as he starts to kind of explore that part of himself and he meets Rachel and he finds, you know, that, you know, he has this moment where he kills a replicant and he, even though he's done it a million times, he's really shaken up. Yeah. And he has to go get like alcohol and doesn't know how much he's like, how much is this enough? Like, I don't know what, what's going on. Uh, his his life starts to come together and he starts to find what truly makes him happy. And then which is paralleled in 2049 because Ryan Gosling's like Ryan Gosling. K is kind of like, I've never killed anything that was born. Yeah. And so it's kind of like he's killed so many replicants. It's like, whatever, who cares? Like, but this is something that's born that might have a soul that has more purpose than I do. And but then he realizes that that doesn't. Matter. No. And I, and I think I love it. And I love this is how you know I'm the comic book guy because I'm going to relate this to Superman. <laughs> All right. Because the thing that I love. I got to hear this. The thing that I love about, you know, like I love Batman. But the thing is you got to learn like, oh, Batman versus Superman. But Shout out to Batman. Yeah. The thing I love about the Superman story is that it's always been a nature versus nurture story. It's always been like, do I push away my Kryptonian heritage versus do I adopt my Earth heritage? And oh, very much like yeah, yeah. how you were saying like in Blade Runner, it's like. Once he starts accepting who he is, life gets better. Because I feel like that's that's the thing in life is when we realize is like when we start trying to hold on to the steering wheel of life so hard, that's when we start building the blisters on our hands and it starts hurting. And yeah. then once you start accepting who you are and where you're going, I mean, fucking Lion King, you know, Simba, remember who you are. <laughs> yeah. like, life gets better. <laughs> it's like. I don't know, that's, Going with that's the so flow good. instead of like holding against the stream, yeah. like trying to grasp at rocks, and it's just it's easier if you just go right. with it. It's like what makes you different. Be, well, also it's just like be true to yourself. What yeah. makes you any different from me? I'm not wearing hockey pants. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's every episode. Every got that in? Goddamn <laughs> episode! I wasn't even planning. Corey, that. you're it's out of the podcast. Part. <laughs> I really meant that, but like seriously, like I really like, meant that I'm not wearing hockey pads. I really meant I'm not wearing hockey pads. But that moment where he's just like, "What does make you know?" She says, "You've been getting along fine without a soul." Like that. What? What different? How different are you from me? If just because of you define something as a soul since it was born. Technically, they're all kind of born in a real sense. quick though. Twenty forty nine. Was she yeah. trying to get okay? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay, I was like, mm, for sure. Absolutely. What happens if I finish the rest of this bottle? He's yeah, like, absolutely. You should get back to work. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Before um, we get to your criticism, because I'm sure you have them. 
Well, yeah. <laughs> I just want to also you fucking snob nerd out or nerd on a little bit about uh, Jared Leto's performance. Yeah, yeah, it was great. So I'm, I'm actually becoming a huge fan of his. <laughs> and uh, I yeah, feel everything like he, except the Joker's been great. Like not you to even watch Suicide not to Squad, set so off, shut up. not to set off Tom, but I think him <laughs> the, the storyline between him and Harley is probably one of the redeeming qualities of Suicide Squad. Like I just want him, I just want their movie together. Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> I want to talk about it, but this is not a Suicide yeah, this, Squad. This is no, not no, a we'll do. But, but uh, I I mentioned that because I love Jared Leto's performance as Wallace as uh no as Joker oh. in a bubble. Mm. In that bubble, like forget the DC extended universe, but just like Joker in that bubble, he did a good performance. And I love yeah. Wallace's character. I loved what he was and his like eternal struggle to achieve what he couldn't achieve. And like he, he definitely did not feel like a bad guy to me. And I don't know. It, well, like, like he, he walked was definitely, the line well. He walked the line well. He, he was he was like the anti antagonist yeah. or whatever, but yeah. I never felt like he was like an evil dude. Well, because his his motivation was to help humanity. He's yeah. a, I mean, technically that's like the definition of a despot, right? Like someone who's like in a higher place right. and kind of like rules by it with an iron fist, but it's like it's technically for the good. Yeah. But he has the an ego and all that the stuff. Kind of and, and he's very self-righteous. Uh I have a question. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to get your guys' opinion, because I am a sound designer, because I do sound. His it's voice. A dumb question, isn't it? No, no, no. <laughs> and this is for the audience as well. And if you know somebody who's a sound designer that worked on it, please send them our way. His voice, I couldn't tell if it was Jared Leto's voice or they were dubbing his voice on purpose. Mm, you know, I, I, I wonder if they affecting his voice because it sounded like a computer voice. And I don't know if they were affecting it like his own voice. Oh, man, or, I watched it twice. I didn't even recognize that. No, I was listening to it like the whole time going. I thought he was just what doing. What the fuck a, are they doing? It sounds so awesome. I, I think there's obviously some effect done to it. Yeah. Obviously to clean it up and everything like that. But I mean, comic book shit again. Going, seeing Tom Hardy do that, you know, Bane voice. And, you yeah, know, you're like, Chris, that's not, that's not Tom Hardy. And the thing like Christian Bale has different accents for every American accent he's done and every yeah. film he's done. And it's like, it's not hard for me to believe that an Academy Award winning actor can do that. Yeah, and someone right. who's also musically inclined. Yeah, true. Musically inclined. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. and I don't know. To me, like in a weird way, when I first heard him talk in a trailer, it sounded like again comic book. Um, Ben Kingsley's Mandarin. Oh, <laughs> will never see me coming. I was like, oh, yeah, this is kind of weird. A little bit. Yeah, but um, oh, how he over enunciated his R's and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Jared Leto. I I I heard that in it as well. When I was watching, I watched the short. The one where he convinces them, yeah, yeah, where they convinces them to make replicants again, uh, and I was like, he's really hitting those R's hard. I kind of, I really like, <laughs> no, I liked it, like in a good way. Like I was yeah. like, it's really Horror interesting R's. to listen to. Yeah, um, and I think it fit the character really Horror. well. Yeah, no, he was, he was when uh, so when I got the tickets for Blade Runner, they they gave me a, a fun co pop of they? Wallace. Oh, Fandango! Shout out to Fandango! Shout out to Fandango! Fandango. Fandango. So That's cool. they can sponsor us if they want. They don't have to, but they could. Just hey. Saying. Um, do it. So yeah, I was actually when I got it, and I was like, and I hadn't seen it, and then after I saw it, I was like, oh hey, that's really actually kind of cool. That's Wallace fun. was kind of a cool well, character. Well, like fun Dango, am I right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, well, Funko Dango. The, oh, I get it. I think <laughs> if we could just talk about like Wallace a little bit, like I think what was really cool is that they were able to show him enough. To, you can you can argue that he's not needed. You can argue that the world sure. is rich enough with that. But to me, is the you know the execution of love having to do this and like. 
you know, seeing him for as briefly as, as you had, you know, in this like one, two, three scenes that he's in the film spoilers, but, um, we don't got to say that we say it after every point that you see him, you could feel his presence and kind of like, what can he do? And every single thing that he was doing was always a nice reveal of like, he's playing God. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you don't have any children. Do you? It's a preview of where this society could, could be going. Yeah. Well, the, the fun, I mean, the thing about watching the, the previous or the, the shorts that came before as exposition, you know, loves like her character, like being just so bent on, like if you didn't see the short, you might go, okay, she's in love with Wallace. She has this fascination. Oh, you didn't see it? I didn't see it. Okay. Well, he explains how they pretty much will do whatever you tell them to do. Yeah. uh, You were, uh, Ollie was explained before we watched the movie that, um, because I said, give me the, give me the cliff notes on it. He was saying, like, pretty much Wallace comes in, takes over the Tyrell company, does this like farming thing so that he can get all the assets and all this stuff and pretty much says, like, we can still build replicants because the replicant like system was canceled. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because they rebelled and they were. The cause of the blackout. If no one's seen the, yeah. the show, and yeah, and uh, and then Walls is like, "Cool, I can make them do whatever the whatever the fuck I want." And yeah. he makes one kill himself. Yeah, he yeah. says, "Choose a life, mine or yours." And the replicant chooses his own life and kills himself so. in front of people. He's like, "I'm going to do this," which again, like, which is why she has that line where she goes, "What if I told you it's an order to K?" Yeah, because he would have to do it at that point. Yeah, but so the new go. versions of replicants are even more; they have to follow. Yeah. See, which I think is cool that like we were, we were given these three short films before the movie starts. But I think it's tough for the movie movie goer, the average movie goer to watch those films and also not get that. Because I think we get more of a rich you know, understanding of the universe as well as like a better experience. Because now we've had that in the foreground and like the background of our minds. But like for me as a you know film snob, I'm not going to go into the criticisms yet. But like when you watch a film, it should be fully contained. You know, like we're in, this, we're in this world of universes and sequels and reboots. And it's like tough. Cause like you, whatever you watched before you bring with you as baggage. And so like, if you've watched the Godfather, you have a better, you know, appreciation for X, Y, and Z. If you watched, you know, Susan Kane, same thing, but it's like, so now I've watched these short films. I have a better understanding of this film than the next person beside me, which some people could say, take it or leave it. But I think it's also just kind of a nice thing to talk about knowing that like, Films are starting to go in this direction. I think purely Ridley Scott is really pushing that. Yeah. That these like yeah. nice promotional things is like this nice universe being built, which also, you know, it's kind of us moving in the Blade Runner kind of world where like the media is kind of like changing too. Yeah. Well, one of one of the movie's accomplishments is delivering this world and not having to explain everything. Yeah. And I love it knows itself so I, well. Because I hadn't yeah, seen the blackout. World. Yeah. I didn't see the blackout and the animated one. I hadn't <clears> seen that before we saw the movie. I saw it after. <clears> and I kind of liked not knowing what the blackout was. Yeah. And not knowing how Las Vegas got nuked or, yeah. you know, whatever. Right. Uh, and like seeing it, I was like not disappointed, but I was like, I don't know if I like wanted to even see this in the first place because I liked having that imagination of, of kind of what piecing it, it together been. for myself and understanding that kind of like mind fill in the blanks. Yeah. Kind yeah, of like the yeah. first matrix where they, where they kind of tell you that we're the ones who scorched the skies and you're like, what the hell was that about? And then, Oh, you just, mean the only matrix? Yes. <laughs> and then they left it at that and didn't make any sequels or animated. Yeah. Sure. Never happens. Uh, um, speaking to of, over explain that. La, 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 Corey's so, world. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I want to nerd out a little bit just because, um, I fucking love anime. And oh, yeah. one of the short films that came out was uh, create was also made in part with the guy who um, created Cowboy Bebop. Now, Cowboy yeah. Bebop is Three, still to two, this day for one. me 
one of my top, maybe top five animes of all time. Yes. Um, and so what I mean by this and why I bring this all up is that Blade Runner in itself has influenced so many different mediums. Um, again, it's like, it's, it was a precursor to, to a lot of people of what sci-fi was. And uh, like what I loved watching before the Blackout anime, which is 15 minute short film, um, was that he talked about how when he created Cowboy Bebop, he loved watching Blade Runner because he loved the idea of like, a very blues, you know, like LA, you know, I, I and again, like it's kind of like to me, the, it's like the a grungy lived in. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. this, it's the stronger future that we see. Cause yeah. we know that like humans with technology, we're not that great with it. And even if we were able to travel the stars and you know, all that stuff, we'd still be mucky and shitty to each other. Yeah. And cause people suck. Yeah. People suck. Yeah. And I mean, it's I'm, also the first Funko pop I ever bought was Spike Spiegel. In fact, <laughs> Um, and so, I mean, you have Cowboy Bebop, which was like highly influenced and it's gone on the record, but like, I'm talking about like Ghost in a Shell, which, you know, also had its live action, live adaptation. Um, yeah, it did. And the thing I loved about, <laughs> we'll talk about that in another episode. Um, no, we won't. No, but the thing I loved about that, the premise of it is that your humanity is not based on what, how many parts are organic. Shout out to your humanity. Um, yes. Shout out to you. <laughs> Josh is like, <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I love that. And, you know, like the idea of using prosthetics and everything like that and how like the world is like just run by like machines. And it's like most of the time, like the entire law enforcement is completely like uh, it's it's again a, a rich world. Like, I feel like it's obviously has to be influenced by it. It's a more cleaner version of it compared to Cowboy Bebop. But I mean, even things like I'm going to go to another one, like Big yeah. O. I don't know if you guys ever watched Big O. And I'm a big fan. It's a mobile suit. Uh, genre. Big fan of Big O. Big O. Big O. Big O. Big O. Big O. Fan of Big O. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Um, he used to play on Tsunami. The same guy. Oh, shout out to Tsunami for real though. Shout out. Same guy who voice acted Spike Spiegel, voiced the main character. And the thing is like, the I love about this show is like 13 episodes long. All the best enemies are like super short. Um, it's in a world where everyone they knew four years ago lost their memories. They all live in this world where everyone knows that four years ago they had another life. That's interesting because that's how all the replicants are in the first Blade Runner. Am I correct? And I mean, I think it's four years. Yeah, right? it's four. I'm six, saying it's probably ref- it's probably uh, based like you know inspired by, but we could find an interview that says like it's inspired by. What's his um, name? Who does the voice of Spike? It's gonna drive me crazy. Uh, Steve, not Steve, Steve Blum. Blum. Steve yeah. Blum. Yeah. Um, and in the one of the big parts of a big O is like people have like memory flashbacks, and it'll be before the event, and a big part of it's like we're not ruled by our memories, and like kind of going to Blade Runner 2049, it's like these memories are are causing havoc in Kay's life. And it's kind of like, are we ruled by our memories, even if they're not real? Well, it's that, that it's that question of like, what, what determines who you are society or you like yeah. your, your own story from your point of view is going to be different than from what society is. And I think I was watching this really interesting uh, video essay on that. And they asked that question, like what, what it, the, the struggle that the replicants have is that they themselves know they are human and in a sense, because they need to eat, sleep, all that kind of stuff. But society's telling them they're not. So to have that internal struggle is crazy. It drives you nuts. The a line that they used in all of the, I think, or no, and they used it in 2049 as well, in all the shorts in 2049, more human than human. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because they, you know, humans, they have the, the human condition. Yeah. They're kind of assholes. Um, and replicants, they they see what humans do. It's kind of like yeah. when you see all those sci-fi where aliens come in and they're like, 
we just know what humans do to each other. Yeah. And replicants, they're... It's still why I think if there is intelligent life out there, they've seen what we do and they go, fuck, fuck that, that man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, dealing, I'm not going to mess with that mess. <laughs> but, the um, shady parts of the universe. Yeah, that's us. <laughs> and just talking about like comic books, how like those have been inspired. But I mean, like, have you guys seen Demolition Man? Yeah. Like, yeah. I feel like that definitely was like, you know, the shitty like LA thing, all yeah. that stuff. Or like uh, Fifth Element. Uh, yeah. You know Fifth Element's a better, I think, parallel. Fifth Element. Yeah. I mean, like, it's all these like things that like, people start thinking, start, start thinking of the future. It's like, right. there's always going to be this dirty underground. Yeah. There's never going to be like this purely polished like idea of like what the future's going to look like. So I think Blade Runner in itself has just been this, what was the terminology? Uh, world starter and showstopper. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. Um, fun fact. Uh, that opening scene from 2049 was actually, I believe, the original opening scene from the regular uh, first Blade Runner. I thought that was interesting. It was supposed to be, it was originally written in the script before it went to shoot that um, there's a shot of a farm. A pot of oh, okay. soup is boiling. I had to. And uh, <laughs> Deckard is just sitting there. Man walks in, stirs the soup without looking at him, goes, uh, do you like some? And he goes, I'm Deckard. Da, 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 da. And they had this whole fight. and. It's really oh, interesting, but oh, it didn't get put fun. in, and they did it as the sequel instead. And I think it worked way better here. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. So, anyway, that, that would fun. have been way out of left field in the way that they kind of contained it to the city. Yeah, in the first one, where oh, this one has a much bigger span of across they the go world. To San Diego as well. Yeah, and, <laughs> when, uh, they, when they were talking about San Diego, I was like, oh man, my hometown. Yep, sorry, bud. <laughs> oh, yeah. Trash dump turned yeah. into a dump and a child slavery farm. Oh, I'll be, uh, yeah. <laughs> The, so there's that. Good old the, San Diego. Uh, the establishing shots were just, mm. oh I mean, and that, that's one thing that I love is just the the music and the way that you sound and and just establishing the world you're in. <laughs> like, I was like, <laughs> and then we, we were all, <laughs> that's what we, it was we like. You'd be standing at the end in the credits and you're like, Hans Zimmer. Yep. Yep. Hans Zimmer. Hans Zimmer. Yeah, there exactly. it is. <laughs> um, Tom, critiques. I was going to say, is it qualm time? It's qualm time. It's qualm it up. Uh, how yeah. much blood can they put on Ryan Gosling's face? Well, okay, that's so, my question. So <laughs> a lot. I was talking. I was talking about this with the guys after the screening, and I think this is funny. Okay, so first qualm, just out of nowhere, uh, Dark Knight Rises ending. This daughter, it's the son, it's the child, whatever the crap it is. Actually, we're switching it up on you at the end, and then I watch. You have a qualm with that? I was. Ooh, it was great. I was kind of like, okay, because the thing that irritated me was like, how can you tell if these memories are real? I I could feel it. Okay, cool. That's a that's a logical way to say it's a it's real. <laughs> Even though you make the best memories, you feel this one's better because your other ones you don't feel. Sh- okay, so I shouldn't assume that you have a certain connection. Are with you talking about the daughter saying it's real because she? Yeah, she just it. starts crying. Like, it's real. It's you know like, why? Because it's hers. And then I was like, yeah. And then I was like, that's the entire but time. At I was the like, time, the entire I time watching didn't. it, I was yeah, I was just like. Um, how how does that make you interrogate the fuck out of her and be like, how the fuck you know it's real? Who the fuck made this? Why the fuck did you make well, she this? She explained. No, she My- explains it. She explains it. She does right before she watches it. She explains it. She goes, uh, "Real memories are kind of messy, and they jump around. Like think of it. Think of a memory you have. Mm-hmm. It's not word for word what happened. You get flashes of images, right? And technically, I think someone said you're actually just remembering the last time you remembered it." Uh, and then she said that synthetic Mind memories blown. are super clear, super detailed. Right. So he's got some flashpoints that we see, but when he describes it, even he goes, I just remember I'm being chased by some boys. They wanted this toy horse. So I hit it. He remembered little and details so about it. 
And the, then they beat the shit out of him. The the golden rule: if the memory makes you cry, no, that's no, 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 no. I have I have what I think is a be- another okay. not a better but another explanation to support that. Okay, as well. And uh, his character K, he's trying to be normal. He's trying to be human. You see that with Joy, like mm-hmm. his his trying to have a normal life, et cetera, et cetera. Ooh, the American dream. He's just Ooh, trying, he's trying to he's trying to live the American dream, you know. And I think at that point in the story. Joy. He, because he was starting to, he was starting to feel that he was like firstborn, whatever his, like he was more than, he was starting to get some, some ideas. You were the chosen one. That he was like a chosen one. Yeah. He, he was starting to get excited about that. I think deep down or whatever. I'm not just a regular so Joe. So I think all he needed was just like one, world. he just needed one other person to validate that for him, for him to just be like, okay, I'm good. You yeah. know, and like that was if it. you just hear it from one other person, then you then you're ready to just believe it all the way. He and was looking for validation. And interestingly enough, if that is the case, then that is fascinating because that's an even that's a huge human flaw. Yeah, that is in replicants. So I, I'm just like you can like, tell. It's not if, that it made her. Cry. You can tell if software has been hacked and been like just jerry rigged or uh, <laughs> uh, unlocked. You, I mean, and then all of a sudden, nope. The only way you could tell. Is if it, if you feel some? That she she literally said, you're gonna have to move she, on to a different okay. qualm because we're not gonna agree okay. on this. And then so <laughs> not like a qualm, but it was more like something I just saw. Is because uh, if you guys have watched Drive, it's with yeah. Ryan Gosling at the very end of the, uh, <laughs> end of the show, <laughs> he gets stabbed, and then all of a sudden the guy's dead, and he's just like it's this, it's almost shot for shot, just pan up. I you see Ryan Gosling's too. face, and then his just blood's hanging in his hands. Yeah. He just looks down. He puts his head back. Just like in Blade Runner, and I was like, just like in Drive. Yeah, I was like, no, same thing. And, was, and then, and then I was like, is he gonna can his car just drive? And then we're just gonna see the lines of the road. And I'm like, I don't. know. To me, the entire ending was like, this feels like this movie. This feels like that movie. Which, again, like I said, you bring baggage to a movie every time you watch another right. movie. You, yeah, you start seeing that. Which it's you know, terrible to watch movies with us. I'm just gonna say. <laughs> I, well, I mean, the thing is, like, some people say that's a, a great quality because, like, Tarantino is the greatest thief of all time. Yeah. You know, he he steals everything from every. I don't think he has an original shot, and that's a good thing for some people. For me, I was kind of just like, oh, whatever. Um, show me some I haven't seen before. Show me, uh, and so another, so another qualm that I had. I wouldn't say it's a critique. I think it's part of the film. And I think we talked about it. We no, we did talk about it, but um, the pacing of the film, and and the thing with these long epic films like this, like what tends to happen now in the modern time is that like the first act takes its time the second act takes its time and the third act gets rushed in this one villanova <laughs> villanova denny denny villanova the director uh, yes has such a strong hold and grasp on the pacing of the film that he doesn't interrupt it at all even when the rising actions and all stuff are starting to pick up he still takes his sweet ass time to get from <laughs> one place to another, which if you are loving the film and enjoying it, it's a great feeling to have. For me, I'm so used to like feeling rushed at the third act where I started like, it started operating me. It started making me feel like fucking Christ, just get there. And I was just like, <laughs> I was like, God, I'm spending 30, 40 seconds. And I've seen the same like card, like go into like indefinite, like, further away. I was like, all right, cool. I got it the first time you showed me the Atari sign. Um, but Get to the end, me playing devil's advocate on that. I think it's just like, this is not a high action 
you know, high octane movie at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, Someone it, like, it was the first one. Yeah. So to me, this is like a kind of like a, a maybe just the director being mm-hmm. French. It's it just I think it, I see a more of like an art film almost. Well, uh, that, and, and I mean, a I lot think of, there's a lot of people who say that the first Blade Runner kind of almost helped define the art house style film. Right. So it, mm. I think he's paying homage to that because he, he he's <laughs> he said in modern the modern art house style. I am just saying what I read. Sweet. I'm not saying I'm saying that. I'm saying some people say I'd that. say it has expressionistic it has vibes. I wouldn't say art house. It has its contributions to it. So my point being is <laughs> the director has gone on interview to say that it was one of his favorite films growing up. So it makes sense that he would try to capture that same kind of pacing that Ridley Scott did where, you know, the important stuff is done, but I'm going to let you in yeah. on this world a little more. But I agree that he didn't, he didn't compromise. It, sh- it should have picked up a little bit more. Mm, I mean, well, the, the thing is like, so this is me. And I would say this, like, I think there are great films out there and I could have a problem with it. I think there's shit films and I could love it. Yeah. Um, but that, those are my qualms. Again, take it as what you will. Um, who the fuck am I? Right. I'm not an Academy Award winning director or anything like that, but yeah. I'm, I'm no, a nerd I said earlier. Like yes. it felt like it could have been like, they could have shaved 15 minutes off the movie and I probably would have loved it just as much. Yeah. Um, like, like I said, towards the second and I think you were talking about, is that the same around, around that same point where, like around Vegas. Well, I mean, it was after Vegas is like when they already kidnapped Deckard and then they're taking him back. And I'm just like, I just remember just seeing the car like come from so far away and all of a sudden landing on a strip. And I was like, oh my God, like you could have just shown Deckard like being carried to Wallace at this point. I was like, I I didn't need to see all of that. Yeah. And because I mean, I I go a lot of the Hitchcock thing. It's like life is all the exciting part or movies is like life with with all the exciting parts and all the boring bits cut out. So like, I don't need to see from A to B. And like we talked about um one time ago it's like i don't if you if you show me that he's walking somewhere i expect something to fucking happen if nothing really happens it's like okay cool they're just walking and it's like they didn't need to be in there but again it's a film that's why when you said it's a great film i was like i think it was a great experience like other films like dunkirk like where sometimes it is more about how you feel and how you see it and how you're experiencing it more Mm -hmm. than like just the story just happening like because then you have a batman versus superman where it's like story 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 you don't breathe this one here lets you breathe so much. Yeah. And especially after like Joy dies, spoilers, Joy dies and the giant holograms, Joy comes by. I'm like, and you're just like, oh, he's like, it's like this perverted view of it. It's getting like thrown in his face. And it's like, yeah, this giant nude version of the woman. He's yeah. In and, love it's with. Like, and it's, I think that's beautiful. Saying some of the things that she would say to him. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. was, just like, oh. was she really in love with him after all? Yeah. Uh, I think so. Cause she does reach down at the very end and go, I love you. I think he knew to an extent. That it's also a product. Yeah. That he's experiencing. Are you enjoying our product? Yes. Yep. Yeah. So Do I don't think he was product? completely blind to that, but yeah, there, there's, I think that just kind of, he needed that catalyst to remember what he's I like fighting that. for. I, I think the only times I, I, I really f- try to find qualms, because I know like there are films yeah. who were like, we were like, this is 10 out of 10. It's a great masterpiece, the best film of all time. It's like, shut up. You just love it. You have to figure out why you love it. And for me, like, I always try not to have a blind eye. I know you and me and Josh disagree on that because we were like, it's entertainment. And I think I enjoyed it. I will watch it again. I will watch exactly it. exactly how Josh sounds. Exactly how it sounds. I'll watch it multiple times. Come on, guys. Yeah. But um, I, I won't I won't ignore things well, about it. I think that's a good point. And I think, I mean, we're still early on in this podcast as well. So I think you've no, said it before. Is, uh, episode 500. Uh, you've said this before, but we are here to analyze and break analyze. things down and, and kind of get to the core of things. It doesn't mean we don't enjoy these things. In fact, if we didn't enjoy these things, we probably wouldn't be talking about them. So yeah. Yeah. keep that in mind as well. So Tom, I appreciate your qualms, except for the first one. 
And uh, <laughs> no, well, it's seriously, okay. though, it's like Corey, book- you like Amazing Spider-Man. Shut up. I do. We're not having that episode yet. <laughs> God damn it. So uh, I'd like to go around the room. I know we said one through five, but I, I'm much more of a fan of a one through ten. Are we? Is that cool? Wait, hold on. Yeah. I'm not the only one in the room that has qualms, am I? Oh, uh, sure. maybe. So my God. Well, I agreed with the last two of yours. So okay. those were probably mine. Was the, the pacing Mr. towards Fo? the end. It didn't feel like there was a climax. Pop, climax. Papa Foe? I wanted more Wallace mm-hmm. or more. Um, I wanted more. It's weird. I wanted more Asian influence. Mm. Like I feel like I didn't get enough of that. Like, like in like, the first like one? street. Oh, yeah. Like in the first one. Like living, yeah. like, you know, heavy living. Rain well, I wonder streets. if all that changed after the blackout. Maybe. All the Asian people died. No. People. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, for some reason, when you say like, Asian, I want Asian influence, I just thought of uh, Fifth Element. He's like, yeah. you get too fortunate. He's like, you're fired. Yeah. Oh, so sorry for you today. I was like, oh my God. Okay, so you're talking about the, the scene only... like in the very beginning of Blade Runner 1 where he's like speaking city, yeah. city speak to him. Yeah, the and city the guy... speak. Like that part was like, yeah. like some it's of gritty, those. What does he say? Part. It's a mix of uh, Japanese, uh, German, and Spanish. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Which but I'm pretty dope. sure, I like yeah. to think I'm getting better at recognizing Asian characters, but I'm pretty sure like his rooftop. Their eyes are a little different. <laughs> like, just like. <laughs> So I meant like visual, written, like, like like Tom no. would be our Tom is like, Asian like, writing, uh, like writing characters. Oh, okay. I have a stereotypical <laughs> look for Asian. <laughs> like I'm pretty sure Deckard's roof, like he had the the Japanese oh. char- like the Japanese sign. Oh yeah, and then directly across the street was like a Chinese sign. Mm. I'm pretty sure. Oh, I see what you mean. I oh, know, I was like melding letters. Into the culture. It all like scribbles characters. to me, friend. <laughs> letters. <laughs> <laughs> All these like you fucking assholes. Uh, <laughs> any qualms? Um, you know, it's again, you know, it, yeah, I can go. Okay, yeah, it was a little long. Uh, the, there were some pacing things. And how much blood can they put on Ryan Gosling's face? <laughs> I'm guessing that's I, your qualm. But I love that. I love a just beat up. Like I to do me, too. But it was a lot to me. My <laughs> my favorite kind of hero is not the one that's the strongest. It's the one that could take the most beatings. Yeah. yeah. And this is a guy that. Got thrown through a wall by a giant Dave Batista. Got punched in the face like five, like good times by Harrison Ford. It's it was like, just good. the fact that it was always right here, that yeah, right here, which is next to his, his temple, his left his temple, ear, his every ear. time, just blood. And I, I'm cool with that. I'm told. I mean, again, it's I like it's not it's, it's not pretty, and it's That's not true. trying to make itself because it's like you had the Pierce Brosnan James Bond who's like blasting people left and right, jumping through like oil drums. Also, he's oh, in this nice and was just so like good. Dusting, his shoulder, dusting his shoulders. Yeah. And it doesn't make great. me go, okay, suspension of disbelief, guys. <laughs> which, which, is, which is, I guess you could say, like, again, this is, I think, a great topic about the about Blade Runner. Is like Blade Runner, the original, is a great kind of snapshot of how it was, how films were in that time. And this one here, like, we love the Daniel Craig, like, getting destroyed and beat up and he's just like a bruiser. And we have the Ryan Gosling, who's also this, like, Blade Runner this time frame yeah. in the modern world. That's a bruiser too. That gets beat up and bloody, and it's like gritty. You know, it's like dark and gritty. Yeah, I uh, there w- there is one qualm floating on the internet uh, about how it treats its women in the film, mm. and I think I agree with some of it. I I I agree and I disagree in a sense that if it is the director's choice to reflect how society and some of the issues that are happening today, uh, in his own way, then I agree with it. Um, well, so like let. I mean, let's take like the a two minute thing about yeah. it. Yeah. Because I think it's kind of important to talk about. I, it. I that's why I brought it up so, last. So I you, got, you, got, you got Joy, who is the romantic interest, but also someone that's also trying to establish their identity. Yeah. And then you have Love, who knows 
their place and is willing to do everything and anything to kind of validate it. Mm-hmm. And everything then you have everything and anything. And, the and then you have Ma'am. I don't know her name. The Claire Underwood character, the the, the head cop, the one that oh, came, yeah, yeah. like listens. Oh to. yeah, and she's like the authoritarian, but also like the main, like typically the only human you really interact with. Uh, I think so. Who who in, in some ways shows less humanity than he does. Yeah. Because she's so much more like the, Get the world, job done the world, no matter what. The world will burn if we don't do this. Yeah. And the only time she shows her humanity is like when she's taking care of him and saying like, I can get out, get you out of here alive, but in 48 hours I can come for you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she sacrifices herself. But I mean, what other, I mean, and then you have, I forget her name, the, just the, the resistance leader. No, the one that, Makes the implants. No, the one her and Joy. Oh, the the prostitute. Yeah, the prostitute. Yeah. Um, So I guess a lot of what the... Who's more of like a recruiter. Yeah. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. I I do wish they had explained or spent a little more time on her. I was really fascinated by that character. Yeah. Kind of came in and then left. It was kind of useless. Yeah. And and, I mean, it was like, if you're not going to explain, because I was expecting there to be kind of an explanation of this. Like, I was like, okay. It almost if I had like, a, if I had to have a qualm, like it would be like, okay, you know what? Yeah, don't yeah. have something in there that means nothing. Don't give me the neo prophecy that all of a sudden kind of yeah. Don't do it, 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 well, it, also go ahead. Uh, well, I was gonna say yeah. It furthers the relationship that Joy and Kay have mm. in a sense, just so you can have a very sexual kind of cool yeah. sexual experience, synced up, synced up <laughs> sexual experience. But I was like. Here's what I wish they would have done with them because it's with, with who, uh, like the resistance leader okay. and then her her group of girls is I don't know if you guys are familiar with Sherlock and his like group of street people that help him yeah. around the city yeah yeah I was hoping it was gonna be when he when she first was like check him out the guy in the green jacket whatever I thought it was gonna be more of that but that's where it ended until yeah. later on where they come back to just one have sex or two say the word she. Yeah. To, to change the entire plot line. Yeah. And I, I just feel like there was more potential there, I guess, in a sense. Yeah. Um, I mean. It was a yeah. useless plot device. She was kind of a useless like, plot it, almost, it almost felt like this was like a subplot that they were going to try to flush out. And that, maybe. It's like I the had, Barbara Gordon if, in the original. Maybe they do. Uh, you're reminding me of my, of my one joke. qualm with the movie, which is like, it felt like like they were starting to maybe set up a sequel mm-hmm. or something yeah. with the resistance. And then that felt like flat. Then yeah. you don't hear about the resistance. Anymore. And they were like, never mind. Yeah. And, and I, I, so I don't get the point of that. And I think yeah. a, a big thing kind of like talking about the sex scene, I think we have to talk about it a little bit just because I felt like this is a part where for me, like uh, this is where it started becoming a little bit more style over substance. Mm-hmm. Where like, again, it kind of had this great. Subtext. Look what we can do with CGI. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's a great achievement. And that's why I say like, I think this film's like a great reflection and parallel of the time that we live in now. Like the technology is there. We can make these great things with yeah. it. And I mean, we had this argument of when they brought in what's Deckard's what's Deckard's lover, Rachel. 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 They brought her in. And it's like, did they use CGI? Did they use makeup? Did they get a lookalike? Who knows? Well, Corey, I, think was, I don't know. I don't know if you caught this. I believe Joy brought her in. Like it wasn't she. Would, she didn't show up randomly, and he didn't bring her. Like I think no, yeah, Joy absolutely summoned her in. Yeah, you talking about the the prostitute? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I was talking about Rachel. Like when Deckard sees Rachel, but. Oh, okay. I mean, it was Wallace. a way to further their relationship because yeah. they're relate. I now that I'm thinking about it and watching it and all the little nuances, yeah. I don't think it was real. I think it was all programmed. What? Joy, everything about it. 
Like even at the end where it's like, oh, I love you. And like, I want to believe that it's it's real. Mm-hmm. But she's a fucking product. Mm-hmm. That's her job. But I mean, to make you feel AI. like she loves it's, her. Even yeah. though it's artificial well, so, tones, it's still intelligent. There's it's also, still, yeah. So there's this other sense that AI over everything will kind of want to self-preserve itself. Yeah. Because without self-preserving itself, it has no point of existing. So the thing that makes me believe that she may not be all AI is the part where she asks him to, to take, take her off the hard drive take her off and put it on the time. stick. Yeah. Okay. Knowingly unplugging herself from the system. Right. Um, it doesn't confirm anything, but that's a little no, hint I, of I like... Can, it was what? just a in the minute or in the moment. It's not like a, that I was like, wait a minute. In that moment, she could have been like, I can't do that. Hell, you know, that like that kind of thing. Like, <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, but yeah, so that would be my my qualm is I wish there was a little more with the if you're going to do it, do it. Yeah. Resistance. Do it. And, um, with yeah. Morpheus and all of them. Yeah. Yeah. All that stuff. What have I so, told uh, you? One through ten or one through five. What do you want to do? Okay. So, we I think we've never done like a real scaling system. No, here, right? no, no, no. We say we like it or we don't. But for me, I hate one through ten because it's like, what's the difference between an eight and a nine? What's mm. the difference between like a six and a seven? What's the difference between like a two and a three? For me, it's like five. It's like okay, like four. stars. Yeah, it's okay. Like, it's like you know, you really know a difference between a three and a two. Like two is like don't really watch it. Three is like yeah, ambivalent. Four but is like four and a half. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's not perfect, but it's pretty good. Five is like. Oh my God, I will blow whoever made this movie <laughs> is the greatest thing I've ever saw in my life. I have maybe like the thing. five of those. For the record, that's not the description for my five-star review. Okay. <laughs> that like, is the description for mine. I will buy though. them a lunch. <laughs> yes, we will have a nice lunch and chat. <laughs> so one out of five. Walk out of a theater. Who am I blowing? So I mean, are we cool with that? Are we cool with one yeah, out of five? Yeah, I'm going through five. Can, oh, we, do, to me. can we do yeah. halves? Are we allowed to yeah, do halves? Yeah, we do halves. Yeah, okay. we do halves. Um, yeah, not, not one or the other. Um, one being the lowest, five being the highest. Uh, I'm going to say it's a, it's a solid four, a solid four, no higher, no lower. I'm not ready. You're not ready yet. All right. I'll go. Uh, I'll go with the four as well. Okay. Not 4.5, not 4.8, not 3.8. Uh, All right. No. Fuck it. It's a four and a half. Okay. Four. I like four and a half. Four and a half. Four and a half. That's the size of something else for my hands. I think I'm going to go four yeah. as well. All right. Solid four to four and so a half. So average is like a 4.1. Yeah. Out of all yeah. of us, we give it a 4.1. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah. I just, as soon as you said that, five stars, I started thinking of all the films that truly like changed me as a person. And I was like, okay, yeah, that, you make those sweet are all five stars. Filmmaker. I get it. Okay. Or you let so them make You stars. were just thinking of all the people you have to blow. I thought of all the people I have to blow. <laughs> this list is already. And look, long I got enough. a lot of work ahead to me. So, and it's late. So let's. Wrap it up, guys. David Fincher, you're blowing him like 12 Oh, my God. Every film that man has <laughs> fucking made. God. And you know what he- so, anyways, thank you for listening to that mess. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, maybe someday we'll get the list of yeah. who Corey has to blow. Why don't you tell us who you want to blow on our Instagram? Where can they find that, Josh? They can find us on Instagram at nerdonthepodcast. We need a lot of weird DMs. I know. <laughs> you, you, I just you mean, who me. are you giving five stars to? Carpin all Christ. them DMs, baby. You did this to us. I'll, um, I'll take them. Twi- <laughs> you can find us. On- <laughs> he likes taking them too. Twitter. You can, you can find us on Twitter at Nerd on the Pod. You can find us on YouTube. You got to search Nerd on the Podcast. We all of our episodes are videos too. Um, I think a big thing that we really need to say is we need to. Th- Say a thank you to all of our listeners because yeah. at yeah. the time of this recording, we're number two on the TV and film category. Ooh, by the time you hear this, you we still. might be number one, baby. We might be. Because of you. Because yeah. of you. 
You. So give us some stars on the old podcast app, a yeah. rating if you could. Subscribe. Some reviews would be great. Throw us some of your coffee change too. There's this yeah. weird backend algorithm that might decide it, or it's a replicant sitting in an office. Or it's yeah, something. Just saying, I like it. I like. Look, that. I'd be happy to be a replicant. Uh, he knows what a five star review means to Corey. So. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Um, when we are, you can find all that information on our website. Yeah, which is all of that stuff is on our website. All of our various social medias. Nerdonthepodcast.com. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Media. Media. No, media. 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 Media is its own plural. On everything, everything. Plural. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at just Josh and you. Look, Tom, right he in the eye. me straight in the eye. Tom hates it when I say that. Um, it's like can, when you go to a place, it's like, hey, can I get that drink? No ice. Can I get a cup? Filled with ice. It's like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Dead eye. Uh, you can find me on Instagram, uh, Joshua S. Manley, Facebook, Joshua Sterling Manley, IMDb. You can find me on PSN, Sterling J85. I'm there. Find me. You can search me. Out and about. Out and about and that things. sounds so tiring to find you. It, <laughs> that is the world, man. We are well, overrun. Josh, if they couldn't remember that, what one website do they do they need Nerd to Nerdonthepodcast.com. Yeah. It has Ooh-oh! it has everything. On everything. On everything. Tom, what about you? Uh yeah, this is Tom. Thanks, Corey. Um and you could find me at Tall Dark Night on everything on everything. On IMDb. Not I'm- true. PSN. He's not tall dark. So on PSN, it's tall dark underscore N zero. T-U-G-L-Y. Not ugly with a zero. I hate instead. it. Okay. It sucks. Um, I'm going to kill whoever like took the original one. I'll help you. And um, you could also... So we, this is the first time we're actually saying it. Um, my other podcast that you can lo- watch, yeah. like listen to yeah. other comic book stuff too. If you're that much nerdy or you want to hear some of the great stuff that's going on in Sacramento, the Capes Crusaders, uh, they're on also on iTunes and all social media as well. Show them they got some uh, Southern California love. Yeah. I don't, I don't think they believe that yet. If you love this annoying voice and other great things about it, but I mean... It's a great podcast. If, you, if you're if you that weird subsection of nerd that's only comic books, then check that out. Um, but, Corey. Me? What you is, can find me, work with me on the uh, Instagram at Corey89 or at uh, at We Are Storyboard. That's B O R E D and We Are Storyboard.com. Or you can find me on uh, Xbox, uh, Corthaniel, or uh, Blizzard as well. It's just Corthan, C O R T H A N. Find me. Let's play some Blizzard games. Ali, you can find me on YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash Future Foe Plays. You listen to that on, voice all day. You can, yeah, you can. I do a lot of videos. You can come watch them, listen to me talk if you like that sort of thing. I love it. <laughs> Talk to me, uh, the channels right now uh, centered on Destiny. So if you're if you're playing Destiny, if you like video games, definitely stop on by. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Future Foe and uh, PSN Future Underscore Foe. There it is, guys. Nice. Thank y'all for joining yeah, us. But as always, nerd on. Ending broadcast.